Tonight, attacked at random. The shocking subway stabbing in Toronto raising concerns for commuters. A 31-year-old woman killed, another injured. The level of violence that's been taking place is a problem. Part of a disturbing trend in Canadian transit. You never know what's going to come anymore. The sticker scam for the holiday season. You're loading up their card that they have. The advice on how to spot tampered gift cards. Plus, ramping up the excitement in Edmonton. It actually doesn't look real. Like, I'm just in disbelief. This thing is huge. The daring athletes taking on the largest stadium jump ever built. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Reporting tonight, John Benavalli Rao. Good evening. For millions of Canadians, taking public transit is a daily necessity. But there are critical questions of safety tonight after what should have been a typical trip for a Toronto woman turned deadly. 31-year-old Vanessa Kurpuska was identified today as the woman who died in hospital after being stabbed on a subway train. Police say she did not know her attacker, and police have now charged a 52-year-old man with her murder. CTV's Adrian Gobriel on the attack that's part of a troubling pattern. Unprovoked and violent, two words used too often to describe the growing number of attacks across the country. If someone can get stabbed in the middle of the afternoon at High Park Station, we're in a major crisis. The assault claiming the life of this 31-year-old woman. A second passenger was also stabbed and injured on the same train. Just this summer, a woman was set on fire on a Toronto bus and later died. Random public transit attacks are trending across the country. Nothing's broken, but uh, obviously it's very bruised. Um, In November, this Edmonton mother says she was beaten and robbed outside an LRT station. While Vancouver has seen a decrease in violent incidents on board transit, Edmonton, Ottawa and Toronto are all reporting a troubling increase. A union representing transit workers claims cities like Toronto are putting savings ahead of safety. This has to stop and we're waiting for these solutions to come forward. And It's not happening and people are suffering and transit riders are dying. A former homicide detective believes we need to look to our neighbours to the south. We could look at cities like New York City where their transit police is probably the size of the Toronto police. And, you know, so they have a visible deterrent in every station. But having said that, we've also got the mental health issue to deal with. I want to see more money put into constables on the train actively. In her nearly 70 years riding the subway, Mary Lawler claims she's never seen a single transit officer on her train. All I know is every day you can guarantee something will happen on, that tr- on a train that you're on or a bus or a streetcar. Someone will get on and maybe not attack you, but make you very uncomfortable. Police are investigating reports of a man wielding a knife, stabbing a seat on board a subway train inside this station. And that's one of two knife calls on public transit here in Toronto today. John? Adrian, thank you. Winnipeg's police chief says he will not be resigning, this despite demands from Indigenous leaders and family members of two murdered women. Angry police won't search a landfill for their loved ones' remains. Chief Danny Smythe says a search of the site isn't feasible, even though the bodies of Morgan Harris and Mercedes Myron are believed to be buried there. Tonight, Winnipeg's police board chair says a search would be important, not just for the families. Hopefully it'll send as a deterrent that 
you know, if you plan a murder and plan to use a dump to 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 dispose of the body, there will be a search of that that area to ensure that evidence can be collected and hold that individual accountable. The city is consulting waste management and forensic experts on a possible search. Manitoba's premier delivered a message to Ottawa today on behalf of the provinces. They want more money for health care. The call comes at a time when children's hospitals are overwhelmed. Here's CTV's senior political correspondent, Glenn McGregor. Hospitals slammed by children's respiratory illnesses are just the latest sign of a system under strain. Today prompting an urgent plea from the premiers. Now more than ever, Canadians expect their political leaders to get together for necessary and serious discussions to ensure the sustainability of the health care systems. One after another, they repeated the same demand for a face-to-face -face meeting with the Prime Minister in early January. The request isn't new. Even before the pandemic, the Premiers were pushing for a sit-down on long-term health funding. We've been uh, running around and, uh, you know, getting run around in circles for for the last four years, four and a half years. The provinces say the federal government is currently covering only about 22% of Canada's overall health care bill. We put forward that that increase should be to 35% to $28 billion. While many provincial governments are in surplus, the premiers say rising health costs jeopardizes other social spending. It ends up cannibalizing the amount that we're able to spend on all of the other important services that we provide to people. But with Alberta, Saskatchewan and Quebec about to send out checks to residents as a one-time offset of cost of living increases, the federal health minister wants to make sure any new money from Ottawa goes to health care. A plan to send unconditional transfers to, health, to, to finance ministers is not a health plan. So that's not a plan that meets the needs of my colleagues' health ministers. With Calgary temporarily closing a children's hospice, and the Red Cross called in to bolster staff at Ottawa's Children's Hospital. Doctors say the squabbling over money is doing nothing to help patients. I'm skeptical and cynical that uh, it's going to lead to any changes in the next couple of weeks, which is when we need it. Another sticking point, the premiers want control over how their health spending is allocated, saying they know their province's needs better than the federal government. John. Thanks. Glenn McGregor in Ottawa tonight. The first bivalent COVID-19 booster for children aged 5 to 11 has been approved by Health Canada. The new Pfizer shot is designed to target the more infectious subvariants of Omicron, BA4 and BA5, along with the original strain. The child-sized doses, a third of the adult dose, can be given three to six months after the last booster shot. We are learning more tonight about the 12 Canadians who for eight months were detained in the Dominican Republic after a stash of cocaine was discovered on their Pivot Airlines jet. Exclusive video obtained by CTV's W5 now reveals how the drugs got on the plane, raising questions about tampered evidence. Here's Avery Haynes. All right, let's see the next video then. This surveillance video is from Punta Cana Airport, the night before the Pivot Airlines jet was supposed to head back to Toronto. Keep your eye on the timestamp on the top left of the screen. And there it skipped to 409. Okay, wait, so it went from 326 yeah. to, to 409. Yeah, it's crazy. 43 minutes cut out. An astounding discovery made by Pivot Airlines flight attendant Christina Carello. Christina decides that she's going to go onto the computer and look at the, some of the video evidence that's been presented by the prosecution. And she has this eureka moment. She was like, I found something, I found something. So we all went over to where she'd been sitting for hours on the computer. 
The unedited video from another angle shows black bags piling up next to the Pivot Airlines charter. Before being loaded onto the plane, hotel surveillance photos show the crew did not leave the hotel at that time. We were thrilled. There's the proof that it's not us. You know, you have video showing that we were all in the hotel room. So who edited the video? The evidence was gathered in the security office of the Punta Cana Airport that the people that have edit power of that video can only use your fingerprints to edit. I think it should be a relatively easy job to figure out who did it. There's no indication Dominican authorities have investigated airport employees about the airport truck seen in the video or the tampered evidence. The case against the 12 Canadians was dropped in November on the grounds there was not enough evidence to proceed. Avery Haynes, CTV News, Toronto. And you can watch the full investigation on W5's Cocaine Cargo tomorrow night on CTV at 7 o'clock. Some stunning video to share with you from an early morning fire and explosion at a Moscow shopping mall. Incredibly, only one person was killed. Officials said the fire was caused by unsafe welding. The site had been home to a large number of Western chains before they pulled out following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. American basketball star Brittany Griner is celebrating her first full day of freedom from Russian captivity as concerns mount over the cost of her homecoming and the fate of others left behind in Russian prisons. Here's CTV's Joy Malvin. Taking her first steps on U.S. soil, it's been a long journey home for Brittany Griner. Appearing to be in good health and good spirits, receiving medical care after nearly 300 days in detention. Russian state TV showing their celebrity prisoner working inside a penal colony. Griner cut her hair because of harsh winter conditions. Her wife, Cheryl, given the good news yesterday. She's on the ground. Stop it. Yep, she's on the ground. Left behind Canadian-born Paul Whelan, a former Marine in jail for four years, accused of spying. So he's obviously hugely disappointed, maybe because our hopes had been so high that there would have been a resolution. The U.S. hoped for a two-for-one deal in exchange for the notorious Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. Only Griner was freed. Nobody's doing backflips over here uh, about the fact that Mr. Boot is, uh, is a free man. The White House under fire for the trade that some critics say sets a dangerous precedent, encouraging Russia to jail more Americans. It's made us weaker, yeah. it's made Putin stronger, and it's made Americans more vulnerable. Instrumental in Griner's release, Bill Richardson, who continues to fight for Whelan. Well, almost for sure, it's going to be another prisoner, a Russian prisoner in an American jail. Uh, the Russians don't do, do these for free. Reports suggest Russia wanted this assassin in exchange for Whelan, but he's serving a life sentence in Germany. The U.S. government has shown a will and a confidence about bringing Paul home that gives me some comfort. What do you hope will be your next words to him? Welcome home. Vladimir Putin is leaving the door open to future prisoner exchanges, saying everything is possible, raising hope Paul Whelan could be next. John? All right, Joy Malvin in Washington, where a defection from the Democrats has shaken up Capitol Hill. We should remove the partisanship. We should try to solve our country's problems with unity. Arizona Senator Kristen Sinema has quit the party just days after Democrats secured a narrow one-seat majority in the Senate. But she has registered as an independent, which means Democrats keep control of the chamber. Also stateside, the former Minneapolis police officer who knelt on George Floyd's back 
has been sentenced to three and a half years in prison. J. Alexander King pinned Floyd down while another officer, Derek Chauvin, kneeled on his neck, ultimately killing Floyd. In October, King pleaded guilty to aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. He's already serving a federal sentence for violating Floyd's civil rights. With time served, King will likely spend just over two years in jail. A popular member of the 90s boy band, the Backstreet Boys, is facing serious allegations tonight. Nick Carter has been accused of raping a woman with autism and cerebral palsy. We get the latest from CTV's Tom Walters and a warning. The details and language are disturbing. Through tears, a 39-year-old woman with disabilities tells of the trauma that has haunted her for more than half her life. Even though I'm autistic and live with cerebral palsy, I believe that nothing has affected me more or had a more lasting impact on my life than what Nick Carter did and said to me. Shea Ruth has filed a sexual battery lawsuit against Carter, a star of the multi-platinum Backstreet Boys. Already, the band's Christmas special has been canceled. A very Backstreet holiday was supposed to run on ABC next week, but has been dropped from the schedule. According to Ruth, she was underage, just 17, when Carter, then 21, invited her onto his tour bus after a 2001 show in Tacoma, Washington. She says he gave her alcohol, raped her, infecting her with HPV, and then cruelly threatened her if she told anyone. I remember him calling me a retarded bitch and grabbing me and leaving bruises on my arm. She says emotional scars led to physical ones. After my assault, I started cutting myself. Carter's lawyer, Michael Holtz, says the accusation is entirely untrue and that Ms. Ruth has been manipulated into making false allegations that have changed repeatedly and materially over time. Nick Carter has a long history of abusing women. But Ruth's lawyer, Mark Boscovich, says the lawsuit includes similar claims by three other unnamed women. And these are not the first allegations. Singer Melissa Schumann says Carter raped her in 2003, but she came forward too late for a criminal prosecution. John? All right, thanks, Tom. Well, coming up, getting Grinched out of your gift cards. She goes up, this one's fake. How to protect yourself this holiday season, plus a shocking World Cup elimination. A tragedy in Qatar tonight, U.S. sports writer Grant Wall has died. The 48-year-old made headlines at the tournament when he was detained outside a stadium for wearing a shirt with rainbow colors. Tonight, an emotional message from his family. I am Grant Wall's brother. I'm gay. I am the reason he wore the rainbow shirt to the World Cup. Wall collapsed while covering the quarterfinals today. On the field, both games were decided by penalty kicks. Marquinhos! Oh, he's matched! Brazil out! Croatia advanced after upsetting number one ranked Brazil. Croatia had tied it up late in extra time to send the match to penalties. Lautaro Martinez, Argentina march on! And Argentina sent the Netherlands packing with a game-winning penalty. The Dutch side had battled back from a 2-0 deficit to extend the match. Argentina and Croatia will play in the first semifinal on Tuesday. Canada's anti-fraud center is warning of a nefarious new scam tonight as the holiday season ramps up. 
would-be thieves are targeting the lowly gift card, putting your cash in their pocket. CTV's Heather Butts explains. Finding that perfect present can be a challenge. That's why so many turn to gift cards. But be careful you're not buying one that sends money to a thief. Nichelle Loss learned that lesson when a cashier spotted the scam. She took her finger and she placed, like she literally rubbed uh, it across the barcode on the back and she goes, up. Oh, this one's fake. Scammers are sticking a fake barcode on the back linked to a card they have at home. A transaction loads the money directly into their pocket. Do you feel it now? I feel it now. Yeah. But if I didn't feel it, I would not notice. No. Peel it back and you reveal the original barcode. The former police officer was shocked by the latest scam. I find it really frustrating, you know, it's a, to, for anyone to take advantage of anyone, but especially scammers during this time of year. Guys, I want you to pay particular attention. She posted her story to TikTok to help spread the word. You can see here the PlayStation card scanned rings through as a liquor store card. Manel and Santalina almost purchased a bogus card when she remembered a post on social media warning of the scheme. That gift card I will give to someone else and it's nothing in there. So it's kind of embarrassing for that person. Loblaw says gift card fraud is a problem impacting the retail sector in general, a year-round problem that picks up over the holidays. So our staff are now trained whenever we scan our gift card, we look at the screen to make sure what we've scanned actually shows up on the screen. With so many scams now, tracking them is critical. You should be reported to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. It gives us the ability to share the information and fraud prevention messaging with the public. A good place to find out about current scams is the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre website or the Competition Bureau of Canada so you can better understand how people are trying to get your money. Heather Butts, CTV News, Toronto. Well, still ahead, the Canadian connection to an extraordinary DNA discovery. How scientists got an incredible new picture of life in Greenland millions of years ago. Lawmakers in Quebec no longer have to swear allegiance to King Charles. The Provincial Assembly unanimously passed legislation making an oath to any monarch optional for elected representatives. Opposition Party Quebecois members had been barred from sitting in the House for rejecting this practice. A Canadian scientist is helping to correct Earth's biological record tonight after he and his team of researchers discovered a sample of primordial DNA deep below Greenland, two million years old, revealing the Arctic's ancient anatomy. Here's CTV's Creason Ajkate. Hidden away at the top of the world. So this is a sample that's remaining. Scientists have made a record-breaking discovery in northern Greenland, finding the oldest fragments of DNA in history. It's about the evolution of our planet, all the plants, um, the hierarchy of the food chains. A group of researchers from Denmark defied the harsh elements to extract two million year old DNA, safely preserved in the sediment thanks to the protection of permafrost. The discovery shatters the previous record. So the previous uh, record, if you want, of one million year was from a uh, a mammoth tooth. 16 years later, with the help of new technology, scientists identified the genetics of a much warmer ecosystem with animals like geese, hare, and even mastodon, puzzling researchers how the massive beasts got so far north. Every organism is shedding DNA. 
to the surroundings. We're doing it all the time. So we're trying to separate quartz from the other minerals. Dr. John Goss and his team at Dalhousie University assisted in separating and dating the samples. He says understanding the signs of a warmer past will help make climate change predictions for the future. Knowing a lot more about those ecosystems is going to allow us to know more about the climate and the paleo environments. Dr. Goss hopes to one day test this same technology on clay in Africa with ancient human DNA, extending our understanding of a world that once was. Chris Anachkate, CTV News, Halifax. Well, after the break, going big in Edmonton. A snowboard jump unlike any this country has ever seen. We leave you tonight with the thrill of a ski hill right in the middle of a city. The country's best snowboarders are preparing to soar and slide on a slope they've never carved up before. Alberta Bureau Chief Bill Fortier got a behind-the-scenes look at the Big Air World Cup. Cutting down through two decks of seating, this is the biggest snowboard jump ever built into a stadium anywhere in the world. It, like, actually doesn't look real. Like, I'm just in disbelief. This thing is huge. For most, the thought of actually going down something like this is terrifying. And even for the bravest, it's a bit chilling. It's definitely nerve-wracking the first few times you hit one of these. Like, I couldn't have dreamed of something like this. It's crazy, and I'm just really excited to get up there. And Canada's best snowboarders are getting up there this weekend. So here is Mark McMorris. Taking on the world at the first Snowboard Big Air World Cup event ever held in Edmonton. It brings in an amazing culture that allows for people of all backgrounds. To bring something to a city like Edmonton, you're going you're gonna to bring a lot of people out to watch the event. I think it's super special for them. It's not just the size, 45 meters tall, that makes this setup unique. It's the first time something like this has ever been built in a North American stadium. The venue can support thousands of fans. More than the typical mountain setting. The vibe is just like, it's insane. And yeah, like being a Canadian too here, I think the vibe is going to be pretty crazy. The event is usually held in Europe. For Canadian athletes, the Alberta capital is a much easier location. Like my body feels good. I feel ready. I don't feel like dead from traveling or anything like that. Organizers hope this is proof that more world-class snowboard events could work here at Commonwealth and other Canadian stadiums. Carving out new winter business for venues and providing a leap for the sport. Bill Fortier, CTV News, Edmonton. Very cool. That's it for us tonight. For Omar and the rest of the CTV National News team, thanks for watching. Sandy Ronaldo will be here tomorrow. Have a good night and a great weekend.